At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hour number two here on 94 WIP. Jody Max sticking around for another three hours. Seems like a long way off. I guarantee I get there. I'll do so with your help when I get the phones reopened. But I will do so with the help of one of my favorite guests. He's been a contributor all year for me, talking about the Eagles. Uh, he covers them for, let's see, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated, and his podcast, Extending the Play, available for all you Eagle fans as well. John McMullen jumps aboard with me here on 94 WIP. How are you, J-Mac? Doing well. How are you, Jody? Good. Here's what I want to start with tonight. This is a hypothetical question, not tied to anything at all, just a hypothetical journalistic question for you as a reporter. If you're trying to investigate a trade and there are two teams rumored to be potentially talking and you're hearing it or you're believing it or it makes sense to you, but you believe that you need to investigate it and find out if this is true and if so, what names are being kicked around. Uh, When you go to press to either confirm, deny, give great details, give kind of sketchy details, whatever it is that you're going to eventually print, how often is it that you've got information from both teams involved? that you've got sources from not just one side of the trade, not just one of the teams, and it may be sources you really like and really trust and have been really good to you, but it is just one of the two sides. How often is that not the case, that you actually have uh, individual confirmation on both teams if you're going to uh, write about a potential trade? Uh, it's not often because obviously if you cover the Philadelphia Eagles, for instance, you don't have a lot of contacts with the Chicago Bears. Uh, so it's more difficult to unearth, um, good information from sources inside the organization. What you can do, however, is, uh, talk to people who cover the Bears and go about things that way, um, which is, which is a way to do a talk to agents, which is the typical way. Uh, and, and see what they're uh, saying. But obviously everybody's got an agenda. So uh, you try to cross-check it as, as best you can uh, and move on from there. I will say, I've been covering this league for 20 years. I've never, ever come across a, a general manager who's giving some details of a trade as far as players, uh, draft picks. Uh, I mean, that just doesn't happen. Um, they'll talk in broad terms, 
occasionally. Um, but they're not going to give you intimate details, and understandably so. I mean, you know, from Howie Roseman's perspective, for instance, uh, he's trying to generate a, a market um, for Carson Wentz. And um, it looked early in this process, it looked like he was doing a good job, and now it seems to have slowed down. Uh, and you see some of the reports of asking for two first-round picks and a, and a Matthew Stafford-like haul. Um, that's just not going to happen. So you 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 kind of intimate. Look, you you can ask for the pie in the sky stuff, and and then you move on from there. I, my biggest concern from the Eagles' perspective is they have a very short window to where they're they have everybody's attention, and you, you even saw a little bit today, Jody, um, these little Russell Wilson whispers. Now, imagine if that kind of blows up and smoke turns in a fire uh, and Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle or, or obviously even more so Deshaun Watson in Houston. If that happens, guess what? Everybody's coming off Carson Wentz and trying to get go get those quarterbacks. Uh, so you can lose leverage really, really quickly. I think there's got to be more of a sense of urgency from the Eagles' perspective uh, than they have right now because this window is going to close. And if it's not those veteran quarterbacks, it's going to be the draft. People are going to start turning the page to draft evaluation, and they're going to start talking about, we all know Trevor Lawrence is going one, but the Zach Wilsons of the world, the Justin Fields, the Trey Lances, they're going to start falling in love with them and saying, Hey, why don't we go get a, a, a young quarterback? Agreed on all fronts. All right, now uh, I'm going to ask you to reveal something here. It's a major compliment, at least in my eyes, so uh, maybe you'll leave me willing to give us a name. Um, you mentioned sometimes you can lean on someone whose job it is to cover another team. If it's a deal that is going to be the Eagles included with another team in the league, you've got a counterpart who you know uh, works uh, well and is well-sourced with another team that the Eagles may be talking to. Who's the best guy, that your go-to guy? that, that when, when this situation presents it yourself, you say, well, if there's something going on, this guy knows and he'll share with me. Who's your best counterpart in the league that you lean on for this type thing? Well, it depends on the team. I mean, I, I've covered Minnesota, so I, I know a lot of people there. I've covered uh, Tampa Bay. It's easier. But as you travel around the country, um, you you get to know different reporters. And, uh, in, 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 um, you know, I, I think WIP had one of the best indie reporters on today. I think Stephen Holder was on today on one of the shows. Um, and he basically gave you the information he has. So, that's uh, a, a perfect example of that kind of thing. You know, with, with the Colts, uh, I mean, you know, Frank Reich was here. Mike Groh was here. Russ Taylor was here. Um, there's a little bit more familiarity. Chicago, John Filippo was here. I've gotten to know those guys uh, a little bit. But even in those instances, you'd be surprised, not in Frank's case, but obviously he's the head coach, but they don't have a lot to do with these kind of negotiations. So, um, you know, most GMs are tight-lipped. <laughs> it's funny that no matter what you see, uh, most of them are really, really tight-lipped. 
Right, but general managers can pass information if they want it out there for general public consumption. Oh, yeah. They can pass it on to someone else who in turn passes it on to uh, a well-placed member of the media if they think it can be advantageous for them. I'll give an example. A couple of Philadelphia reporters uh put the name Tariq Cohen into play uh, over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, that uh, he could be a player that comes in a deal, uh, good catch the ball out of the backfield guy who's returning uh, from an MCL uh, blowout, but uh, a guy who could actually uh, improve the Eagles running back situation. So it made some sense, but I had Hub Arkish on last night, and you know Hub well, uh, covers the entire league, but it's Chicago-based, and he said his sources told him that Tariq Cohen was reached out to, and he made sure he talked to the general manager of the Bears, and he said, no, we have not mentioned your name at all, and we're not planning on mentioning your name in any trades. So, again, sometimes information can be uh, let out that can maybe move a needle a little bit, but it doesn't mean it's actually uh, transpired or has happened. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got an agenda, and that's the difficult part. And you got to try to pick through it and try to sift through it uh, as much as possible. And obviously, it's it's best to double source everything. And and far you mentioned Hub. I mean, uh, and Hub does a great job, but you didn't even need him. Tariq Cohen went on social media and said that himself. So that's a great source. Uh, that, that's that's a phenomenal source. Uh, but even then, I, I mean, you talk about Ryan Pace and, and the GM in Chicago. Look, I, I mean, he wouldn't be the first guy to tell a player, "No, no, we're, we're, we, you're in our plans," and and turn around and trade him. So, um, you know, it, it, it until something happens, obviously, it, it's really difficult. But what we can all surmise is, look, Indianapolis is interested. No question about that. Chicago is interested. Uh, no question about that. Uh, and there's other teams, Carolina, uh, probably on the, you know, um, periphery, uh, Las Vegas. Mike Mayock has always loved Carson Wentz, uh, uh, dating back to the draft, uh, and San Francisco as well, because they want to upgrade on Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think there's some outliers. But again, the bigger concern to me is if more quarterbacks get on this market, and it's coming whether it's veteran guys or, as I said, rookies, um, all of a sudden um, people can get disinterested really quick. And what's been pretty consistent is that the Eagles are asking for the world, and they're not they're not getting it coming off this 2020 season. That film is out there. They're just not getting it. Understood and agreed. I'll get back to that in a second, but I want to hit you on two of the teams that you threw out there. The Raiders. And, yeah, I've heard that there's a possibility they could go in another direction. There was a rumor out there that they would like to get in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes if it ever actually gets underway. And that makes sense because Carr had a a really pretty good year last year, but he wasn't Gruden's choice. And if they want to bring in a guy new to the Raiders for Gruden, that makes some sense. I think they'd want to get someone who's better than the quarterback they're moving away from. 
And right now, you can't say Carson Wentz is better than Derek Carr. So that doesn't make sense to me. Deshaun Watson, I understand. But Carson Wentz, really? I don't care how much uh, the general manager loved him back when he was working on ESPN and doing a draft for them. He's got to sell Gruden on that. And it seems to me like they'd be stepping backwards. They're only going new, not necessarily better, by getting Carson Wentz. And basically the same thing in San Francisco. Is Carson Wentz actually better than Jimmy G, in your estimation? I do think he's better than Jimmy. I don't think he's better than Derek. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But anybody who knows John Gruden knows he is the definition of the grass is always greener. I mean, that is a guy who gets somewhere, loves the quarterback for two weeks, and then can't stand him. And by the way, that'll happen to Carson Wentz. (laughs) He'll love him. And then it'll be over in the honeymoon, and he'll be looking uh, around the next corner. That's just John Gruden. He's always been that way. Um, you know, it was interesting with Kyle Shanahan. It, he gave up on Jimmy Garoppolo in the run to the Super Bowl. Uh, if if you were paying attention to the 49ers during that run, it was the divisional playoff um they, he threw an awful interception to Eric Kendricks of the Vikings, and they just completely shut down the pass. They just ran the ball, and they ran over the Vikings, and they had a tremendous running game, tremendous offensive line. They ran over the Packers in the NFC Championship game, and he just wouldn't let them do anything. And he lost all trust in him. Uh, he wanted Kirk Cousins, and Minnesota's not going to trade him. Uh, they just want to move on. So – I'm not a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I do think uh, Carson Wentz has a, a higher ceiling, at least, if you can get him back to the – I forget about 2017. I always say 2018, 2019. But I agree with you. You can't say he's better than Derek Carr. Not coming off last season. Doesn't, doesn't I, add I don't up understand to me. Gruden. And I actually think Gar- – uh, I guess I'm a bigger fan than uh, you are of Garoppolo's um, – I'm not going to knock the coach for running the ball as effectively as he did in a couple playoff games last year. Yeah, uh, shocking. Maybe Andy Reid could have learned something. If the run is working, that's perfectly okay. You're allowed to stick with it if you're running it down the other team's throats, which they did against the Vikings, which they did in spades against the Packers in the championship game. It's not the worst thing in the world to stick with it. I don't know if it was all because he had lost complete faith in Jimmy G or he got ticked at Jimmy because he threw a bad pick and then said, well, let's try and run and then just rode that gravy train, which I think is pretty damn good coaching on the coach's part. Our buddy John McMullen here with us on 94 WIP talking about the Eagles and potentially trading Carson Wentz. If Howie Roseman has this big ask out, and I think that's pretty fair to assume at this point, the question is, have uh, they started to move toward the middle. You can ask for the moon, the sun, and the stars. The other team can uh, offer you uh, pickings, uh, slim pickings at best, and then there needs to be a migration to the middle. Um, how much movement to the middle do you think has come down in the conversations with these other teams? Minimal? Decent? that they're actually in a place, you're getting reports all over the place, could happen imminent and the like, you would think that would signify that the movement has been there and that they're getting closer. What are your sources telling you? Well, they have to get closer if they want to move them. And it it doesn't seem to me like they can bring them back at this point. I mean, that, that 
kind of ship has sailed. So ultimately, you're going to have to accept uh, the best deal you can get. Ultimately, you know, I hear a lot of Eagles fans say, you know, how he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He's trying to fool the entire league. He's not trying to fool the entire league. He's trying to fool one guy. Right. And, you know, that's all you need. And it's like the lion trying to pick off the weakest of the herd. You wait till they fall behind and then you leap. And I think if you look at the two front runners, everybody knows Chris Ballard. Everybody knows Indianapolis. He is uh, well entrenched. He's, he's patient. To me, he's not going to be the guy that overbids. I, I think Carson would like to be in Indianapolis. Uh, in Chicago, you have a GM and Ryan Pace who's got to win. He, he's, he has to win or he's going to lose his job. And that's not a, a good situation to be in for a number of reasons. Uh, for the obvious reason that why is he going to think about the future? He doesn't have a future unless he wins this year. Um, and, and you could argue the same thing is going on with the coach and Matt Nagy. Uh, so I think people look at Chicago and that would be the more desperate situation. But you mentioned, you had Halbon, if you see Chicago, they don't want Carson Wentz, man. And I don't know how that is going to permeate. I mean, there's people in Chicago talking about he's not an upgrade over Mitchell Trubisky, which I, I think is silly. He is, but uh, he's not exactly uh, well regarded out there right now. And again, it goes back to that 2020 film and how he better act pretty quickly. Well, and, I, you know, <laughs> The, let me let me respond to your point because I think it's a good one, um, but I'll I'll try and clarify it. Uh, understandable for me from a Chicago perspective because right now they don't necessarily trust their general manager and they don't have a whole lot of, a lot of trust for their coach either. So if you get Carson Wentz, the general manager and coach are going to come out and say, "We got him on the down tick. We're going to build him back up. You wait, you'll see. Coach is going to get his hands going to be perfect fit in our system." The Chicago fans don't trust either of those guys. In Indianapolis right now, Frank Wright still generates a lot of trust. Chris Ballard generates a lot of trust. So if Indianapolis trades for him, I think Colts fans will sign on because those that are telling you he's going to work for us are people they like and trust. That's not the case in Chicago. So I think you're right. Chicago is not uh, get us Carson Wentz ASAP. It's because they don't trust the guys who are pulling the trigger on the trade. Yeah, and understandably so. I mean, if you look at Ryan Pace and his quarterback history, it was Mike Kalanick was trading up from Mitchell Trubisky from three to two, and he didn't even have to do nope. that. And he did it anyway. And, oh, by the way, that was the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes draft as well. <laughs> uh, so he's got that strike against him. And then Nick Foles, and, you know, that didn't work out as well. So, uh you know, he's built a great roster, really, if you think about it, especially on the defensive side of the ball. He's done everything pretty well except the most important position. So it's hard to trust him uh, to make that right decision uh, uh, from the quarterback perspective. And then I do the 180, and I say, well, why is Howie doing this? Why why is he not accepting uh, a first-round pick? Probably you're, you're looking at a first-round pick, a middling player, uh, maybe a mid-round pick, uh, and that's it. And why isn't that enough? You know, this is a theme we've talked about. 
Jeffrey Lurie. We've talked about the dead cat money. You know, he has seemingly approved uh, setting the precedent. But what if he said, okay, I'll I'll flush $33.8 million down the toilet, but you got to get me something significant in return. So it, it could be Jeffrey Lurie holding this up and saying, we got to get more than this. And I don't think they're going to be able to get more than that. So what happens? Do they come down or do they try and recreate their relationship with Carson Wentz? I don't see how they can do the latter. I, I mean, the deadline technically would be March 19th. That's that's when the roster bonus is due. Uh, and, and, and also um, they would guarantee much of his 22, uh, 2022 salary. Uh, so that's when you're really in deep. Um, so in theory, you know, deadline spur action, you always hear that in business. But I don't even think they have that long because, as I said, the longer you wait, the more likely one of these other guys becomes available. Or, again, I go back to the draft. At some point, these teams are going to turn their evaluation to the draft and start saying, oh, I like Trey Lance. I, I, I like uh, Justin Fields. Maybe we can move up in the draft and get one of these young guys under a cost-effective rookie deal for five years. The more you drag your heels, the more likely a Russell Wilson, a, a Deshaun Watson, even a Kirk Cousins, even a Jimmy Garoppolo, a Derek Carr, even those guys make it much more difficult for you to have the same leverage you have right now. And that leverage, to me, is a very, very short window. Let me ask you a question about that. You understand the contracts better than I do. Uh, the March 19th date that you threw out there for the $10 million uh, payment. If they don't trade him before that, and the Eagles have to make that payment on that date, and then they continue conversations and there is a deal to be had, is that not a potential for the Eagles to actually get more in return? Because if you're Howie Roseman, you say, listen, we, we talked about this before this, and the $10 million was going to be on you guys because you were trading for him before it was due. Well, Jeffrey wrote the check. Carson's got the cash. It's less that you guys have to commit. Well, you got to give us what we asked for. Could that actually uh, increase the haul that they would get in return and basically pay for it by writing a $10 million check right after the new NFL year starts. Well, in, in theory, I, I see what you're saying, but also understand what I just said on, on when, when you started that question. By that point, they will be on to other bodies, almost assuredly. Somebody's going to be available. And whether that somebody is a veteran quarterback or that somebody is a rookie quarterback. Remember, teams want to make plans. And if you're Indianapolis, um, you think you're a Super Bowl contender. Uh, if you get the right quarterback, you want to get that plan in motion as quickly as possible. Same with Chicago. They think they're a Super Bowl team if they have a good quarterback because of their defense. Um, they want to plan. Uh, and it, it, guess what? If that means we're coming off Carson Wentz and we're getting on Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody of that nature, or even Marcus Mariota, I, I mean, you talk about the Raiders, they're trading the quarterback. And most people lean towards Mariota. Um, 
you know, this, this Carson Wentz, and I get it because people saw the, the ceiling of 2017. Um, but 2020 is, is in people's minds more than 2017. This league moves quickly. Uh, and they're not assuming that they can turn him, uh, turn a switch and turn him back into that type of player pre knee injury, pre back injury. Um, the best hope, as I said, is probably 2018, 2019. These teams are going to turn the page by March 19th. So if you're going to make that decision, he's going to be here. And right. he doesn't want to be here. You've made it clear you don't want him here. I don't think that's going to work out well. Uh, let me run this one by because, again, I had Hub on last night, uh, and he said something that kind of surprised me a little bit, and he knows better than me because he's working sources around the league on a day-in, day-out basis. Uh, I asked him about Carson Wentz and the last season being as bad as it was. Uh, how are the Bears going to sell him? Sell, they First, they have to sell themselves on it, and then they got to sell it to their fan base. Uh, that he had as bad a season as he did in 2020. And he said, Jody, I'm, I'm not saying this specifically about the Bears, but I have this feeling about the league in general, that if somebody had a really bad year this year, that it won't be held against them like it has in previous seasons because it was a COVID season and there was no preseason. Uh, training camp was so minimal uh, that it was ridiculous and practices were compromised all year long, that teams will be more willing to look with a less jaundiced eye at something that happened in 2020 than any years before that. Uh, was he just whistling in the wind, or do you think there's actually something to that? Have you heard anybody say something nah, along those lines? Yeah, yeah I, but it was 2020, the COVID season. Yeah, I agree with, with Hub completely, and it's interesting because I brought this up with Tom Brady comparing to Carson Wentz. Now, Tom Brady's obviously switching teams, uh, switching conferences. He's 42 years old. Now he's 43, uh, but he turned 43 in August. So, um, you know, if, if you go back to the offseason, you probably remember a couple stories, a couple lighthearted stories. The first one, he walked into the wrong house. Wrong house, yeah. And left <laughs> now, this is a guy who already has this six ring. He's chomping at the bit to get the playbook to start preparing. Um, then he got in trouble for working out with his friends in some public parks in Tampa when everybody was on quarantine, even in Florida. Uh, and he got a little pushback over that. But the reason I bring that up, because that kind of defines great athletes. And I don't mean just, you know, great talented athletes. I, I mean the true superstars, the true all-time greats. The one thing they all have in common is work ethic. This guy's already, this guy's already got six. He's doing everything possible to get number seven, which he ultimately did. I got to tell you, in the offseason, left to his own devices, Carson Wentz didn't do anything. And this is a guy who had poor mechanics. And I'm not talking about working out. He was working out like a madman. He gained weight. He gained strength. But his issues are mechanical and fundamentals. And they always have been in footwork. And he's the type of guy who needs those off-season practices, those OTAs, just to work on those mechanics and keep getting better and keep getting incrementally improving in that aspect of it. He didn't have that last season. 
So I do believe that's something Chicago will use to convince themselves. But I got to tell you, they're not going to have it this season. It's going to be virtual again, almost not official, but this whole league is preparing to do it again. So I, I don't see much changing. That's why I think uh, anyone who thinks the Eagles are going to get a haul, I, I actually don't think they're going to get a first-round pick. I've been on the record as saying it all along. I've said the best they're going to do is a day-two pick. And if they misplay it time-wise, and you've discussed this a lot and gave us some good insights on it on time frames and uh, the, the bonus payment and when you get closer to the draft. And, oh, by the way, no combine, so – people can more fall in love with players and might fall in love with players sooner because they don't have the combine to uh, fall back on. They may have to take a day three. If if you and I, and I think we both said this and agree, that it's going to become untenable, that they're going to reach a point where they say, we can't keep Carson Wentz. The only thing we can worry about is getting this $33 million debt over and done with and moving on. I think they're going to have to settle for a day three pick, but we shall see. I don't know if it's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or next week, but uh, if it hasn't happened by next week, John, I'm going to ask you to come on and join me again. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. Anytime, Jody. Always appreciate it. My pleasure. That is John McMullen from PhillyVoiceSI.com, his uh, podcast, Extending the Play, one of your better Eagle podcasts here in, in town. Jody McHang with you here on 94 WIP. We'll come back, restoke the phones, get aboard at 215-592-9494. You can text us on the same number you call us on. Wow. 215-592-9494. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.